Hey there, this is LJ again, and we are back with Grist Home. It has been a long time since we have made an episode, and I just wanted to say once again from the bottom of my heart, uh, thank you all so much for your diligence and your time while we have been on this hiatus. There's been a lot going on, and if you want to know a little bit more, check out the prior episode, which is the Dylan Derringer update that is currently out as of right now. So that being said, we will not spend too much time to dive into this next episode here, but I just wanted to say again, thank you all so, so much for everything that you have done uh, for this podcast. Specifically, we have reached over a thousand listens, which I never, ever dreamed of. <laughs> so what you need to know going forward is the book is inbound. It is going to be present at some point in 2024. We're working on fixing that now. Uh, there's a little bit of editing that needs to be done and things of that nature. We're trying out a new DAW today, so bear with me as I'm trying to work through some specifics here. Uh, but otherwise, we're super stoked and looking forward to this year with open arms and the most kindness that we can muster. If you want to reach out to us, comments, questions, concerns, find us at longstriderproductions at gmail.com. You can also follow us on YouTube and TikTok. It's YouTube and TikTok, same thing, at Longstrider Productions. So without further ado... I will present to you to the first episode of the new Grist Home, which is in canon with the book. And this episode is titled Grist Home, Season 1, Episode 1, The Stranger. Rezin hoofed it back to the chapel for a respite and to escape what was coming after him. It didn't seem possible that this was happening. They didn't teach you these things in undergrad, but he guessed he was learning that they're always accepting admissions at Gristholm. Rezin logged in his slot at Gristholm after attending undergraduate studies at Billings University. Billings was a small Christian college that nestled softly into the town's facade. It hurt his nihilism at times, but he honestly enjoyed what it could offer. It was a well-rounded university, and it centered itself around a holistic personhood. It couldn't withstand his nihilism, and vice versa, but he still believed on a certain level until his world changed forever. He studied criminal justice and restorative justice specifically. He and his classmates were brought up in a community-based corrections environment from day one. But it didn't train him for this. It did not train him for Gristholm. Graduating while working in a third-shift factory job, he was used to the hubbub about consuming mass quantities of caffeine and lack of sleep. Most of the time, this worked for him. 
Resin did not experience the after effects as much as others did. That was why during a late night, early morning rush, he lost it. Resin lost his grip on the sensibilities of the job and his cool. After some stiff arguments, it was then just decided for Resin to try something not as stressful. So, sitting in Susie's diner one day, he picked up the newspaper and browsed the Help Wanted ads in the Help Wanted section. Plumbers and electricians, misdirected paralegals and trash persons. He felt disproportionately askew and undermined. What was the most non-cop thing you could pick in a Help Wanted section with a background in criminal justice? It popped out after the second pass-through, and he immediately dug into it. Help wanted at Gristholm College. Our Hamlet on the Hill is looking for third-shift help in criminal justice-related field. Resin picked up the phone and dialed immediately. His revelry was interrupted by the chapel doors being pounded on by something outside, followed by a gnarly hiss and scratching sounds. He took out a packet of open salt and shakily drew a complete line across the bottom of the door. The vile wretch that Resin heard let him know that it smelled the protective barrier. The entity ran away at that point, apparently too displeased to care about what was inside. Resin closed his eyes and tried to distract himself by going back to the reason he was hired. Jeff Walrund escorted him into the ancient-looking room that particular day in the summer. He popped the chair out for resin. He, Rob Horn, a woman named Delilah, and a woman named Molly all sat down as well. Resin nodded stiffly and sat with a soft grunt. Rob gruffly said hello and welcomed resin to the committee. Immediately, the interviewee tensed up. He didn't like interviews. He always thought he did bad in the end. Jeff asked about his military background, thoughts about inclusivity, and talked to people, or, or rather talking to people, by name-specific pronouns. Resin felt that everyone had a right to be called what they wanted, and everyone belonged. It was only standard, right? It was something that the military vicariously instilled in him. No matter what background you came from, everyone had the ability to believe in and dream the American dream. It hadn't necessarily died, it just changed over time. Resin stifled his patriotism with a little cough. Jeff said that they would call him later in the week to give him the final verdict. It was then that Resin noticed his hand slightly shaking as Jeff grabbed the resume, phone in the other hand. He looked serious as he left the room. Rob said it would be best to look around and grab a coffee. Say you're a perspective, he said. You look young enough. No matter how many times Resin would hear that, it never got old. He stood up in the chapel again and looked at his bloodied arm. He walked over to the bathroom and loosely wrapped it in paper towels. Base to Unit 13, called the dispatcher. Go, go ahead. He winced hard. There's a call from a student that the Sigma Lodge needs you. He sighed, both in pain and annoyance. Bobby... En route now. He could delay another five minutes. It took two to get up there. He grabbed the coffee at the Moon's Loft. It was the central hub for the students of Gristholm. 
Looking around, some of the students noticed his folder, his new haircut, the way he carried himself. Painted stars climbed the ceiling of the coffee shop. Depictions of settlers, witches, Native Americans, harvests, and a vibrant moon looking over the sullen town of yesteryear. A pretty old depiction, Resin pondered. The rest of the room was crammed but cozy. Modern furniture with the insignia of the college on the far wall. Students lined up along the shop, reading or chatting about their summer plans. Then, this young student came up to Resin and asked who he was. Resin, he said. Resin Kirkbride. I'm Juliana. I'm part of Psi Delta Phi sorority. Oh, okay. You're new here? Um, yeah, I guess you could say that. (laughs) That's the most dope, she smiled wide. He caught something in her eye then. I, uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess you could say it is. She batted her eyelashes. He kept falling into her eyes. Where will you live in the fall? Around him, a rushing sound filled his ears. The noise intensified in the shop. It was as if he could hear everyone and everything at once. He started to fidget. Panic. Sweat began to fall. Irish mocha frappe? Thank you, God, he thought. That's my drink. (laughs) Sure, she giggled. See you in the fall, newbie. He smiled at the person behind the counter and grabbed his cup. The cup had the words newbie written on it. Shit, Resin thought to himself. It occurred to him that this trap or trip to the Sigma Lodge would be the first time he went up there alone. Resin hated it. It feels like a trap, he thought to himself. He kept his garlic clove deep in his pocket and the silver in the other. The salt and iron were in his lower cargo pocket. He had to rearrange for this trip. It was a brisk walk from the chapel in the south quad up to the north. The layout of Gristholm was a little bit different. In the north, there were a few academic buildings. The rest were dorms. The woods and winding paths between each was something of a bear when Friday night party night hit. At night, you didn't know who or what was whispering about you in the woods while you walked along the path. Some say it was the Norse gods debating your fate, as if it were some kind of oracle. Others say that it was the demons of Nightshade House, the semi-condemned building that for some reason would chase off whomever went in there. He often wondered why he was so hesitant to go into it. The paths wind up to the Willow Apartments, all of which were spaced out in an open field. To the southeast, the halls, as they were often called, were housed and approximately had 300 first years. There was a service road that the main safety vehicle could use to get back in there if there was an unregistered party or an emergency. He preferred going on foot to take in the lonely nights walking around. He mulled this over as he proceeded through the woods to the east to Sigma Lodge. The whispers came again from the trees. He hit the light on his watch to see 300 hours staring back at him. Four hours to being safe, he thought. He turned down the newly paved road and saw the Norse Hall looming over the road. Dear God, he muttered aloud. Rezin walked up the steps to Sig Lodge and knocked on the hall door. The door swung open on its barely stable hinges. Rezin Kirkbride, campus security guard, here to inspect your bullshit. The door opened. 
Resin stepped inside and saw the conglomeration of drunk Gristholm students asleep. You, uh, got quite the party going on here, boss. There was a lone student sitting up on a makeshift throne of beer cans fused together with either paste or some kind of hot glue. Amongst the crowd, he was ominously perched with searing purple eyes and clenched fists so tight that Resin thought the student's veins were going to burst. The tense muscle tone and the predatory-like nature put Resin on edge. I didn't think Shinigami stooped so low, Resin jibed. I thought Shinigami were above that kind of thing. The student's neck cracked abhorrently as it slowly scanned the floor. The eyes did not blink. They inched their way to meet Resin's. I gave you no authority, the hall boomed from the sound. Dust flew up, causing Resin to shield his eyes. No authority to come into our home. Shameful. The voice was otherworldly, with deep cavernous undertones that made Resin feel like he was falling into an abyss. Steady, Resin thought to himself. Feeling the shift in his bones, he steeled himself to the bone mass becoming dense. What does the Fenris wolf want with the Shinigami? Well, you're still students, so you better keep a low profile. Resin stood to full height, feeling his chest beginning to stretch. Otherwise, you'll blow your cover and expose everyone and everything. How do you propose to answer the onslaught of this age? All the questions. Not very smart of you to blow what you have right now. Resin gestured around. Orgies? Endless blood supplies? Human flesh to consume and convert? Even the Amitals have standards, they're, and they're nymphomaniac vampires. Resin's voice deepened. What say you? The student, who was formerly Yuri Chen, propelled himself at a speed Resin almost missed. Almost. Resin unleashed a bolt of vibrant green energy that collided with the Shinigami. The Shinigami took to full brunt, flying back into the beer chair and colliding with the far wall of the fraternity. The exhale of breath from the lungs of the transformed student gave Resin a breath of relief. It actually could be damaged. His naivete was punctured by the Shinigami's other dimension teleportation, where Resin's face connected with a fist. Resin stumbled backwards, having officially lost his balance. The Shinigami proceeded to punch and kick Resin over and repeatedly. The blood shot from Resin's face, and he felt his nose break from the aggressive force of the student's worn-in Converse shoes. As Resin curled up, he reached into his pocket, feeling the familiar coarse salt, and he threw it up into the face of the Shinigami. It reeled. The skin sizzled on the flesh of the otherworldly creature. Resin pushed himself up and launched a punch back at the student. It was connected, and the creature cried out as it stumbled back into the secondhand furniture. The wolf walked over and picked the Shinigami up by the throat. Bastard. Resin spat on the ground. Quit possessing the student. Be careful, wolf. It spat. I'm not the only one. Shinigami working together? As if. Resin walked over to the far wall adorned with posters of half-naked models. Y'all hate each other. What's the real story? Get bent. The Shinigami was cryptic. So much so that Resin's patience was being tested. You're telling me that Shinigami all put up with each other in the Sigma Lodge? Resin reached with his other hand and grabbed salt in his pocket. I can't tell you official frat business. The Shinigami contorted the student's vocal cords to make it sound like the student was being possessed. Resin 
held the Shinigami by the throat and slapped its face with salt. Tell the truth, Rezin yelled. Fine, the Shinigami roiled in pain. The almost doctor is asking for parts. The almost doctor. Never heard of him. We hadn't either. The Shinigami winced. He came to us the other night and asked if we had anything to spare. I'm sure you turned him away. I did, I. Rezin lowered the monster by the throat. It seemed to loosen up the possibility of receiving relief. The wolf threw it through the air with the force of a major league pitcher. The Shinigami collided with the wall, slumping into an unconscious stupor with plaster and lath in its mouth. Freaky demon bastard, Rezin spat. Good evening, Gristholm. This is Dylan Derringer here with all of your latest updates around the surrounding neck of the woods. Susie's is having an old-time sock hop. Sure, it's kind of nostalgic today. But who doesn't love unsupported arch dancing? Your guy here will be sure to attend in the event the radio schedule is permitting my absence. Regardless, be sure to swing by Susie's next Thursday and bring a dance partner of choice. Doors are always open, but dancing begins at 7 p.m. sharp. Seems to be a little bit of a cold front coming through the airwaves. Temperatures dip a little bit this evening, with our lovely deliverance from winter reminding us that spring has its own ideas as well. Gone are the dark comforts of winter, but the false promises of spring? Between the sunshine, there's always rain or clouds, but more on that later. The Pink Floyd Sound exhibition will be premiering on campus this week in the library. Folks, there's nothing like amplified dissonant whispers to remind you how feeble the hustle and bustle of 9 to 5 is. Be sure to RSVP your time of uninterrupted paranoia by the following hyperlink, and in the library's homepage, you can follow it there and be sure to reserve. Have a safe trip and remember to use your safety fob should the sensation be too overwhelming. Campus safety will be sure to help you in the event that the psychosis lasts longer than two hours post-event. That's all for the updated events going on on and around campus. I'm Dylan Derringer, and we'll catch you here in a few hours for our unsolicited broadcast. grabbed his ear in pain as Dylan's broadcast ended. Without warning, Dylan would launch into a broadcast that seemed to intercede any airway traffic, be it from campus safety scanners, radio, or speakers. He looked around the bloody array and sighed. He was grateful this wasn't in a traditional dorm or classroom. It had been contained. He looked down at his bloody knuckles and wondered how he was going to explain this to day shift. Turning his back, Rezin shouldered the pain of his injuries and stepped into the early morning air. It was pushing 4 a.m. when he stepped outside. No one was around, it seemed. Everything went back to perpetual normal. The stark contrast and shift between the surreal or hidden and the standard everyday world was like getting water thrown into your face as you were attempting to speak. It snapped you back to reality and made you cough. 
The air grasped for his breath, the way mint gum made your whole senses reverberate. Resin steeled himself against the morning and walked, spraying dew as he ended up on the concrete path that surrounded campus. The almost doctor, Resin mused. The hell is that? He mulled to himself as he felt the urge to begin his morning unlock procedures. Wouldn't hurt, right? He said aloud. Casey, Trevor, and Megan, all his co-workers, were all on shift with him tonight. Trevor was the officer in charge, or what they called the OIC. Casey and Megan were scheduled for South Campus, which meant that Resin had the entirety of the North to himself. And he didn't mind one bit. He told himself it was fine to unlock a little early. So he did that. Making his way to the top of his buildings list, he stopped in his tracks. He felt the unnerving feeling of being watched. Scanning around, he couldn't see anything of note that would align with this feeling until he saw the masked figure fade away into the tree line. Gristholm is written, produced, and edited by L.J. Byers. Want more Gristholm? Be sure to follow Longstrider Productions on YouTube and TikTok for more Gristholm-centric and other various content. Want to talk to us? Send us an email at Longstrider Productions for anything that you would be interested in, such as merch, or if you want to sponsor the show, or would be interested in a Patreon of some kind. And that being said... We want to just thank again the Use Guys Pod for keeping us in the business by promoting this podcast and having us trend in Colombia. Hola, mis amigos en Colombia. Espero que tu tengan un buen noche. Not the best, but we're trying. And all that being said, more to come from Gristholm in 2024. We all, we, here at Gristholm, love you very much, and we appreciate everything. And remember, they're always accepting admissions at Gristholm.